October is a significant month, marking Pregnancy and Infant Loss Awareness Month, a time when we come together to remember, honor, and support the brave women who have experienced these profound losses. At Hey Hannah, we believe that sharing their stories is a powerful way to connect, heal, and make a difference. Before we dive into these incredible stories, let's take a moment to recognize the strength and vulnerability of the women who have joined us. We extend our heartfelt gratitude to them for their courage and their willingness to be open and honest about their experiences. But why is it so crucial to bring awareness to pregnancy and infant loss? Well, here's a staggering statistic that might give you a sense of its significance. According to the World Health Organization, approximately 2.6 million babies are still born each year, and an estimated 2.8 million newborns pass away within their first month of life. These are not just numbers. They represent the countless lives affected by this heartbreaking reality. Now let me tell you why Hey Hannah is dedicated to this cause. Hey Hannah is an ongoing platform that's deeply personal to me. It's a place where I remember my own infant loss, my precious Hannah. Through Hey Hannah, we strive to bring awareness, offer support, and create a community where people who are suffering can find comfort, connection, and belonging within Hannah's Hive. Throughout this episode and the others to follow, you will hear remarkable stories from strong, resilient women who found hope and healing through their experiences. These stories will touch your heart, inspire you, and remind you that you're not alone. Together we can shine a light on a subject that's often kept in the shadows and provide solace to those who need it most. So grab a tissue, get ready for some inspiration, and let's dive into the stories of Pregnancy and Infant Loss Awareness Month right here on Hey Hannah. Stay tuned because you don't want to miss a moment of these incredible narratives. Thank you for joining us today. And remember, together, we can make a difference. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Hey Hannah podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Maya Fields, but to my friends and those who know me well, I'm just Maya. I'm a higher education administrator, a mother, and a wife of 14 amazing years, but above all, I'm a Christ follower. This podcast is a special platform created to honor the memory of my beloved daughter, Hannah. It's here that I have the chance to have the conversations that I never got to have with her, to share the wisdom and love I wish I could have passed on. It's a reminder to cherish the precious moments we're given and a testament to the power of healing, hope, and personal growth. If you're someone who's seeking personal growth, inspiration, and practical advice to build a solid foundation for a successful and fulfilling life, this is a place for you. Join me as we honor Hannah's memory together. Laugh, cry, and learn. Get ready for a podcast that is so much more than you could ever imagine. The Hey Hannah Podcast. Healing Hearts, One Conversation at a Time. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Hey Hannah Podcast. I'm so glad that you're taking the time to tune in with us today. We have a special guest, Amy, who is a baby loss coach, and she's going to talk.
talk with us today about her unique experience with loss and how she has used that to create um, her purpose of helping other individuals with their loss. She's uniquely wrapped her experience into an offering called Smooth Stones. So take a listen, let's chat with Amy and learn something from her story. And thank you so much for having me. I just love what you're creating here in honor of sweet Hannah. And I am a life coach. So I am a certified life coach. I went to a life coach school um, and I have taken kind of those tools, which are a lot of like mindset tools. And I think when we think yeah. of a life coach, we're like, it's a cheerleader that kind of like um, helps you and um, yeah. provides accountability. There's lots of different types of coaches and I actually love it. Um, I love that there's people that just want to help other people and yeah. in, in all these different ways. And there's so many different styles. So, but what I do as a baby loss coach is I basically, once I lost our daughter, I started sharing my story and I started helping as a volunteer and doing all kinds of things and just being open. And as you know, the more open you are, the more people come and want to talk to you and be yeah. and share their story and share their experience. And so what happened organically was people would say, oh, my friend lost their baby. You know, what do I do? Or how do I help them? Or could you talk yeah. to them? Or whatever. And so just throughout, so it's been 10 years since our daughter passed. And throughout all that time, I was just helping people and yeah. learning about grief and, and um, really grief is so unique, but also there's so many universal experiences that we go through. For and sure. so I've just taken all of that. So my own experience with stillbirth and miscarriage and then these like mindset tools that I have um, and other tools, just putting it all together to really, like you said, I really do believe that when our child dies, it it is a death of us, you know, our identity, yeah. who we are, what we're, yeah, it just kind of all falls apart and it can feel really disorienting. And so yeah. for me as a baby loss coach, what I want to do is help you and say, you know what, there is a way and I can show you like, I believe that every one of us can figure it out on yeah. our own. There's lots of resources, there's lots of ways, but why not have someone who has been through it, who knows, who has lots of tools to help you, um, help you and support you because there just isn't enough support in my opinion you know, sometimes they'll be like really nice to you in the hospital or you'll go to support groups for a little while or you find an online support group and it's it's good for a while. But I think once you're like, you know, kind of tired of being sad or I just I'm like trying yeah. to figure this out, you know, do I have another baby? I coach a lot on pregnancy after loss. Yeah. Which I have also been through three times and that was really difficult and it's really scary. And so, again, that's a time where people really need support. So. That's what I am as a baby loss coach is just someone who's there, who has an outside opinion, who is able to listen, able to help you process your emotions and give you tools um, to really figure out who you are and what you want to do um, moving forward. Absolutely. I think, uh, man, you said so much 
But what you're definitely doing is so important. And just to, I'll say this, once you have an experience in a certain area, I mean, obviously we're talking about baby loss, infant loss, but when you have an experience in a certain area, you are giving, you're given um, an anointing or an authority to speak in that particular area. And I say this because when, um, closely to when Hannah first passed, when people who didn't experience anything like I had been through would try to, I mean, they were well-meaning, would try to say things, I would just get so angry because it's like you don't understand, you know, but to hear you who has actually been through it and to see you smile and, you know, obviously be happy and seem to be living well, it's an encouragement to individuals who have been through it. It's like, hey, Amy did it, you know. I can do it. And I know she's just not blowing smoke because she's lived this. So thank you so much for doing that. I know that was a big thing for me. Um, you know, very close and or in, very early in my grieving process, it was like, can I find anybody else who is still breathing, who's been through this and seemingly living a normal life? And it was kind of hard to find um because again you're just kind of given the narrative like oh you're always going to be so sad and it's like can I find anybody who seems to be doing okay so I agree there we do need more people out there who are continuing to show like hey what's happening you know after you're lost and how can you still live in a productive way so thank you so much for your contribution and what you are doing um you touched a little bit on your experiences when you were talking about um, what you do as a baby loss coach and life coach. Um, can you share a little bit about your story and how you actually got into this work? Yeah, I, well, I feel like my story is kind of long because I have lots of kids, but I'll, I'll give you the short version. But I grew up kind of wanting to be a mom, always like envisioned having a big family and really looked forward to that and was blessed to be able to um, have babies quite easily. I know that's not the case for everyone and my heart goes out to everyone. But my part of my story is that we were able to have children. So we had four children We in like six years and I was like, we're going to take a break and then we're going to try, you know, we knew we'd probably have a few more. And I got pregnant again and we had four girls and we were pregnant with our fifth girl. And I was just so surprised cause I only have brothers. Like I never, I don't have any sisters. And I was just like, wow, I get all these girls. Um, everything was fine and boring. Um, like many of us, it was all fine until it wasn't. I, my mom had flown in to help whenever we went to the hospital. We had the car seat in the car. We were washing the hand-me-down girl clothes and doing all the things, just nesting and waiting um, for baby to make her appearance when I, I thought I felt some contractions. I was up in the night kind of walking, but nothing, it didn't go anywhere. And so I went to bed. When I woke up, I realized I haven't felt her kicking for a while, but I'd had experiences before where the baby was sleeping and, you know, they just have this little buzzer they put on your belly at the hospital and they'll like wake the baby up and it's all fine. So I wasn't overly concerned, 
but I was, you know, I thought, well, we probably should get this checked out. And I mean, long story short, we went into the doctor and they check with the Doppler, no heartbeat. Um, they check with this little in-office ultrasound, nothing. And then they send us to the hospital to get like a big confirming ultrasound. But at that point, I was 39 and a half weeks. Um, and I was just four days away from my due date. And, you know, I just remember sitting there and thinking, I mean, in shock. My response was to go quiet, like to go inward. Um, thankfully, my husband was able to be there. A lot of times he wasn't because um, he was working and it's our fifth kid and he wasn't always yeah. at the appointments, but he was there. But yeah, my first thought was just, how do I tell my children? How do I had they, four girls, nine, eight, six, and three. How do you go tell them that their baby sister isn't coming home? Um, and yeah, went on to be induced, had her, got to spend a very short amount of time with her, and then just headed home to kind of figure out what was next. Um, and after that, I mean, that was the beginning of my grief journey. Yeah. Um, and soon after, I think I... I really wanted to try again. I really felt a lot of times we feel so out of control. Yeah. When sure. something that like seemed so like a guaranteed thing just like gets taken away. Um, so I was like, well, if I don't have any control, I'm just going to like see what happens. And um, we did get pregnant again and had another baby just over a year after mm -hmm. our daughter died. Her name is Lauren. And that year of grief, and pregnancy after loss and the pregnancy being like almost exactly lined up with Lauren's pregnancy. Uh, I could easily say that was the hardest year of my life. Like I was terrified. I was grieving. I was trying to figure all this out um, and trying to parent my kids and trying to, you know, work on my marriage and just yeah. make sure because you do hear that like the death of a child is very hard on a marriage. So it's like, how can we, use this to bring us closer instead of, you know, tearing us apart. Yeah. Um, so it was just like a lot that year. Thankfully our baby was born healthy. Um, a few years later we were pregnant again and, um, got to see that baby at like 11 weeks, just bouncing. They were like a gummy, little gummy bear <laughs> and so cute. Everything looked great. And then 14 weeks, we were like, we got through the first trimester. I know that's not a guarantee, but still it's like, okay, we made it. Um, went in for my appointment and no heartbeat again. Same thing again, checked Doppler, checked in the office, sent me to the hospital um, to confirm and ended up having a DNC with that baby. It did not go well. Um, I nearly bled to death woke up just like in the tv shows like looking at the ceiling and the doctor yeah. saying amy you lost a lot of blood we're gonna take you to the hospital now and um really really scary really scary really hard on my husband um having to watch me struggle um, yeah. with that um and then probably not recommended but we did actually have one more baby 
um, I just couldn't shake it. I couldn't shake the feeling there was one more. And yeah. so we got pregnant and it was scary, but I was like on a mission to do the best I could to have a healthy baby and ended up being diagnosed with preeclampsia. Um, spent some time on hospital bed rest, ended up delivering at 35 weeks. And my little guy was born at five pounds, but like didn't have to go to the NICU. It was amazing. I was not so amazing. I took a long time to feel better, to get better. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's been a bit of a roller coaster. But like you said, I mean, I feel like we don't always choose the path we're put on. For sure. And, but we do choose how we react to what life gives us. I think life just throws us a lot of curveballs and it's mm -hmm. just, I don't expect anything less. So I just took my experiences and have been able to help as a volunteer. I help when um, babies pass away in the hospital. I go and help there, which has been like an amazing experience and gift. And it's one of those things where I believe these babies are special and these families are special. Me, Amy, just plain old Amy, doesn't like blood, doesn't like hospitals, doesn't like, yeah, couldn't have imagined holding these sweet little angels in my hands and helping their families. But there's something greater than me that has put me there. And I'm just grateful that I get to do it. Oh, man. What a powerful story. It's like, I'm listening to you and I'm over here <laughs> tearing up and you are just talking like a champ. Thank you, Amy. <laughs> You're the one holding it together. Um, man, it's a lot. Um, what, what can you say, like, just really helped you go from the mindset of like, you, you spoke about a lot of things. You're dealing with a lot of, you know, grief in several situations from, the stillbirth to the the miscarriage, but you said, you know, I knew or I decided to help others in that area. So how did you flip that switch? Like, what did you attribute, um, I guess, that kind of push to? Because I've seen, and I'm sure you've witnessed this as well, other individuals who've been in the same situation and it's just kind of like you can't get outside of yourself enough to even imagine going to the hospital and helping families or talking to someone else and encouraging them. So what would you say is the main thing that helped you go from this is my experience that I want to help or hold someone else's hand through this to help them get on the other side as well? I think number one, like not all of us need to do that, right? It's yeah. It's like we all deal with our challenges in our own way and there's nothing wrong. Like if you didn't start a foundation in your baby's name or a podcast or you're not like volunteering, like that is totally fine. For, For sure. me, I just grew up that way. Like I grew up with a mom who just served everyone. Like she was always helping people um, that. and that was just how I grew up. And, yeah. and then, um, again, it's just like organic. Like, I don't believe in coincidences. I just think that these things happen in our lives that, um, help us. And one of my cousins in Canada, she felt, she wanted to donate to a charity in honor of Lauren. She found this charity 
And she donated and she sent me an email or something and said, hey, I donated to this charity. And so I looked it up and I was like, oh, my goodness, I this is amazing. And it was a charity that makes little tiny diapers and hats and blankets and donates them yeah. to hospitals. And um, I just found them. And I was at that point. I think there is a point where you just want to be sad and you just want to sit and wallow. <laughs> and like you want to read all the awful, like the stories, the sad stories, and you want to be sad and you want to feel yeah. not like you're out of your mind. You want to relate. But I was kind of to a point, especially as I went into another pregnancy, I was like, I don't really want to be in this vibe of like, yeah, constant sadness and like all the ways babies can die. And so I just started serving there. And that led me to different opportunities. And then as far as helping in the hospital, someone came and helped me because her nephew had passed. And so she had started, we lived in a tiny little town. There was not like, there's no bereavement care really like set up. And so she just had started coming. And so they did pictures, they did hand and footprints. They helped me dress Lauren. They, they did so much for me and I was so grateful. So when I got to the point and had the opportunity to help, then I did. But even, um, the charity that I work with they you have to be at least 18 months out right like yeah. you need to heal yourself and you need to not be pregnant because that's not good on either and yeah. you know so there's I mean you have to I guess have filled your own cup and fi- found your own healing um and everyone is different but the way I like to talk about it is we all have this mothering energy or this parenting energy yeah. That we we want to put on our babies, but they're not there. And so whatever you do, honor that energy. Like let it come out. And it could be like you decide to run a marathon. It could be you start a podcast. It could be, you know, you just like declutter your whole house or whatever <laughs> it is. But I think that there's that love and that energy in our heart in preparing for a child. And what hurts the most is when you feel like I can't, like now I can't, now there's nowhere for that to go. And that's where we feel really stuck. But I always encourage people just allow it, like let life guide you look around and see how can I honor this mothering energy? And it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks, (laughs) no matter how it looks or what anyone says, like if you want to throw the biggest first, first birthday bash ever seen for your baby who died like do it um i think that it's a really powerful energy and so like i said my story it's been 10 years for me yeah so i it's the path has not been straight but i've kind of just like followed it and when i found life coaching i was like oh my goodness like lost parents need this yes absolutely um I definitely agree with what you're saying about, um, you know, you already have these feelings or, you know, that you think that you're going to pour into the child, but just honoring that. I love that you said that. I feel like a lot of it, um, but obviously you just gave it a narrative. It's what, how Hey Hannah podcast was born because, you know, as you are pregnant and you're excited about your baby, you know, you're thinking about all of these things that, you just assume you're going to get to do like you don't assume things are going to end in a terrible way. And so, you know, the platform was born. It's like, Hey, I 
didn't get to have, I won't get to have these conversations with her, but that doesn't mean like people can't still benefit by, you know, meeting people who are doing amazing things in the world like you and being encouraged or just hearing, um, you know, some of my thoughts about particular things and how to shape and grow your life. So I absolutely agree with that. I think that's um, so important to do whenever you're ready, you know, for anyone who's listening, whenever you're ready, it is important to do. And um, it can be helpful. It can be healing for sure. Um, so your podcast, Smooth Stones, can you tell us how did the name come about um, in some things that you talk about on your platform? Yeah, I would love to. I went six weeks after Lauren died. I went to my college um, where I had graduated. They have a women's conference every spring. So Lauren oh, died wow. in March. And in May, they have this women's conference where there's just speakers and like they do a big service project. And um, yeah, it's just a really good opportunity to learn and be with other people. So I decided that I was going to go and I just needed inspiration and I needed yeah. hope. And like you said, I was just searching everywhere. Like I was reading all the books and I was like reading just everything I could do to, to how do I do this? How do I live this life? So I went and I went to all the speeches that were on like trials and overcoming adversity and like yeah. hope. And, um, you know, it, it was a faith, it's a church school. So it was all about faith. And one person told a story, which I think there's a lot of versions of the same story, but it was that grief is like a rock in your shoe. And at first it's just pointy and jagged and like yeah. you're foot is ripped to shreds and everything hurts. You can't even walk. Like you can't even think about moving forward because it's so painful. But eventually some of these edges break off. Your foot gets tougher. You learn where to place the little rock as you walk. Yeah. And, and it still gets you, right? Like you still, sometimes it hits a nerve. Sometimes it like knocks you down and trips you. But eventually this stone becomes smooth and you learn how to carry it and it becomes just a reminder of your person who you lost and it's something that you wouldn't want to take out right like at first we're like get rid of it get rid of it but you can't yeah so it just becomes something you carry with you and I just I loved that story and I really hung on to it and like okay someday this won't be so painful um, because that was even the day I went up there we buried our daughter um, near my in-laws because they had already had some plots. Yeah. And so this conference was near there. And so it was like, I got to see her headstone be play like placed, go to this conference. Um, and so, yeah, on my podcast, I really would call it a how-to guide for yeah. life after baby loss. I talk about all kinds of things from like how to answer the question, how many kids do you have? Um, to mindset things, to setting goals, because I believe that life after baby loss, yes, it's grief, but it's also life. Yeah. And we all still have like relationships and we have, you know, we procrastinate and we, we have parenting challenges and we have all kinds of things. Um, and we have grief and we're, yeah. we're carrying this love. 
And so I really, I mean, I've been doing it for four years. I love it so much. I have just so many things, so many topics that will help people and so many more coming up. So that's, that's really what I would say is if you're thinking, how do I do this? I would hope that my podcast would be a place where you could find the answers. And really what I want is for people to find their own answers Um, because we are all unique. I think when we go through a loss like this, it, you know, we blame ourselves and we question ourselves and we, we just like the world seems out of control and we seem out of control. And it's like, how do you come back to yourself? Yeah. Um, and trusting yourself again. And so that's what I really want is for people to understand that like you still have an amazing life and grief can be part of that. Um, but it's not always going to be like fully encompassing like it is at the beginning. Yeah. Um, but if you're in the beginning and it's all encompassing, that's good too. Like I'm going to show you how to take care of yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. You gave so many good points and helpful information for sure. Um, for individuals who they're not necessarily the person or the, the parent, um, but it's someone that they love, you know, they're witnessing their own child go through this or a close friend or family member. Um, what advice would you give for them? Because I think sometimes a lot of uh, people just don't know what to do, but and you kind of like, I, you know, naturally we want to fix things, but you can't fix it. What would you say to those people who are watching someone they love go through such a hurtful process? What can they do to support those individuals? Yeah. I love this question. And I do have a, an episode, so you can go check it out. Okay. Um, it's like when someone you love's baby dies, or I can't remember the title, but yeah, it's so important because I just think that we as a society, like if you say a Western culture, we're not really great with death and grief. Yeah. Um, and exactly what you just said is so true. Like that desire to fix it. So if I go into life coach mode a little, really everything we do is because of how we think it will make us feel. Yeah. And so a lot of times we want our person to feel better because we don't like how we feel when we have to watch them suffer. Mm. Right. So it feels like, Oh, it's just love. Like I just want them to feel better for them because it's like, you know, this really mm. kind thing to do. But if we look at ourselves and say, Oh, I want them to feel better because I'm not really comfortable with sadness. I'm not comfortable with grief. I'm not comfortable with tears. Um, I'm not comfortable when they get angry, you know, when they get frustrated with things I say, right? Just take a step back and realize like, it's really, you got to take care of yourself, especially if you're like a grandparent or a best friend or an aunt or, you know, whoever, however you're related, like you're grieving too. So number one, take care of you um, first. Yeah. Right. And then also, yeah, you don't need to fix them. Trust that they're going to figure it out. I think you said earlier, like, I don't know how people say, how do you do this? Like talk about this all the time or like be in the hospital. It's because I believe that these families, these grieving people, they're going to figure it out. Yeah. Um, and they're going to, they're going to be okay. They are okay. Like being completely devastated and broken. That's okay too. 
Yeah. Like it stinks, but it's part of being a human. Mm-hmm. And so I think for people watching that process, it can be hard, but like, let it be hard. Learn how to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah. And just listen, follow their lead, and also offer the help that you can do. Like lead from your strengths because, you know, it might be casseroles at the beginning or whatever, but, you know, that might not be your thing. So whatever you have that you can give and you have the capacity to give, Mm -hmm. um, offer that. And probably, you know, this too, it's like, be specific. Um, I really don't love the phrase. Let me know if I can do anything. Exactly. (laughs) It's they're not like, if you think about yourself on a good day, like you're not going to really ask for help. If you're buried in laundry or something, you're not going to be like, Hey, can you come fold my laundry? But if that's something you're willing to do, be like, Hey, can you wash all your laundry on Tuesday? And on Wednesday, I'm going to come and fold it all for you and sit with you and talk. Um, but yeah. And then another thing I always say is use technology for good, like yeah. set up reminders, be there when the casseroles stop coming and remember their due date, the baby's birthday, the day the baby died, like family centric occasions yeah, and holidays and Mother's Day and Father's Day and just say, hey, and you don't have to have the right words. You just say, I was just thinking about you and Hannah today and just wanted you to know that I love you. Like it's that simple. And I had a few good friends who were those people who would just text me and just say, Hey, how are you? And I knew that they meant it because a lot of times you say, Oh, how are you? But again, we don't actually want to hear how people are. Like we don't stop and listen. Yeah. So can you be the person that honestly and truly wants to hear and can handle it. Um, it, I think is a true gift, but if like, if you don't have the capacity, don't, don't try to do it, you know, serve in a different way, but I think just love them and, and support them and trust that they are going to be okay. And you're going to be okay. And you're all going to figure it out. And it might be messy. That's okay. Yeah. I love that. Definitely some great advice. I think what I love the most is that you mentioned early on about how you were just so involved with serving even before, you know, you lost Lauren and then, you know, going on to have additional children and you still now on the other side, didn't lose that sense of self, what, you know, you felt like was a great contribution of yours to the world. Like you're still finding a way to deposit those gems for others and still serving. So I definitely admire you for that. And it's probably one of my favorite things about everything that you do. Um, I did want to highlight, I know you said that obviously you deal a lot with baby loss and grief, but you said you're also a life coach. So for individuals who are just looking for life coaching to navigate different areas of their life, do you help them also? Or do you try to stick strictly focus your time on grief, baby, lost in that area? Yeah, I mean, that's who I 
serve is people who have been through the loss of a baby, but they don't have to be deep in grief, right? They can be starting a project or, um, you know, doing things in the world. And like I said, living life with all its challenges yeah, um, and still get help. So yeah, I'm, I would love to help anybody who's struggling but that's really who I speak to and feel connected to and would love to help. But yeah, I kind of mix all of it together. Um, but it's just, I don't know. The tools that I teach, I think, are universal. Yeah. For sure. And it's it can really help. So um, yeah, if anybody is feeling like they're not a lost parent and they're listening and they want to connect, like for sure, connect. But that's really where my heart is, is with people who have been through this type of loss. Gotcha. Amy, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us here today. You shared so much valuable information. And like you said, you shared some information here, even if you're not like drowning in grief. Uh, this is just helpful information to be a good person. I, I love so much of the advice that you shared. It's very, um, you know, helpful just to improve your life in general. Um, so tell us, how can people find you? Are you on social media? Tell us your website. How can they look you up if they need to? Yeah. So I'm mostly on Instagram at amy.smoothstonescoaching. And if you DM me, like it's me, I'll answer. I love it. And uh, my website is smoothstonescoaching.com. And my podcast is Smooth Stones, and it's got a picture of me with a couple balloons on there representing Lauren and River, who is my other um, baby who I didn't mention. But yeah, it's I'm really there to help any way I can. I'm super open to chatting with anyone who needs help, for sure. Awesome. And Amy, we end every episode with the same question. So we will come to you. And I'm sure this is going to be good because you've had some good advice all episode. So what would you say is the best piece of advice that you have ever received? Oh, I have such a hard time with these best. Like, what's your favorite book? I'm like, I like so many. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with... um. Yeah, let's say I've had a lot of advice, but something that really propelled me into starting a business uh -huh. and starting a podcast and really like going bigger with what I was doing so I could help more people because that's really what I want to do is like help all the people. Yeah. Um, my life coach said to me, why not you? Why not now? Because I think we doubt ourselves and we doubt we're always like well in the future I'll be able you know like someday 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 and you can someday your whole life away yeah but it's like why not me even if it's like giving yourself permission to do something you want um why not me why not now because really all we have is the present and you can just I don't know it just was so powerful to me to just yeah. be like yeah, I could do it now. I could start now and who knows where I'll be in five years. Um, so I think your future self will thank you. And that's where I am. Like when I started coach training, uh -huh. I was nursing my little rainbow baby. I 
was like, I had just these piles of kids and whatever. And I was like, if I start now, when they're bigger, when they all go to school, where would I be? And like, that is today. Now my youngest rainbow baby just started all day kindergarten. And it's like, yeah, I have this awesome podcast and I have this business and I am like creating a life that I love, which also has tons of challenges. Um, But yeah, your future self will thank you if you take a chance on yourself and just like go for it and stop telling yourself you can't because you can't. Absolutely. That's great advice. Um, I remember just similar to that. Someone was telling me one time, like the time is going to pass anyway. So you might as well, you know, use it doing something productive or pushing you towards your goals. Because how many times do you look back and like, oh, I was going to do that last year or the year before that. Time is still going. So why not you? Why not now? Like Amy just shared with us. Amy, thank you so much for sharing with us. Um, I appreciate your vulnerability and willingness to share with us about Sweet Lauren and River and what you do to make such an amazing impact in the world. We definitely appreciate you having, uh, well, appreciate having you here. Um, And to our audience, thank you so much for listening. And until next time, take care. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Hey Hannah podcast. We hope that you found inspiration, insight, and encouragement in our conversation today. If you enjoyed this episode and want to stay connected with us, be sure to like, subscribe, and review the Hey Hannah podcast. Your feedback helps us reach more people and spread our message of love and wisdom. You can also follow us on social media at Hey Hannah Podcast. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok to stay updated on all the latest episodes, behind-the-scenes exclusives, and engaging content. And for those of you who prefer the visual experience, catch the video versions of our podcast on our YouTube channel. Just search Hey Hannah Podcast and hit that subscribe button to never miss an episode. For even more Hey Hannah goodness, visit our website at www.heyhannahpodcast.com. There you'll find updates, bonus content, and join a community that embraces you with open arms. Your continued support truly means the world to us. Together, let's spread love, share wisdom, and honor every precious moment. Because here at Hey Hannah, we believe that life is meant to be lived well. Remember, a new episode of the Hey Hannah podcast is released every Wednesday. So mark your calendars and be sure to tune in. Thank you again for being a part of Hannah's Hive. Until next time, take care.